Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are talking about Ethiopia, which we visited on a standalone trip seven years ago now. And I think it's safe to say that it's one of our favorite countries in Africa. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely true. It's hard to believe it's been seven years. Yeah, it was when we were living in Switzerland, and so we weren't really doing a lot of long-term travel at that time. Mm -hmm. And so we were just taking some short trips where we could, you know, one per year usually, and one of the years we chose Ethiopia. Yeah, so we've done three big trips in Africa that have been multi-country trips each time. We did a big one in East Africa, a big one in West Africa, and a big one in Southern Africa. But yeah, Ethiopia, as you said, we visited that, visited that country separately on, yeah, just a standalone trip where that's the only place that we went. But there was lots to see, and it was... Quite a packed trip, I would say. Yeah, we spent about three weeks there, and so that was you know enough time we thought to to go to various places in the country. We didn't go to all the places that uh, we could have gone to, so we could have spent longer there as well. But I think the thing that really made us want to go there, the thing that really attracted us to Ethiopia, was that it's very different from all the other countries around it. Mm -hmm. uh, with the exception of Eritrea, which used to be part of Ethiopia, and then they had a civil war and it, it broke off. But I think it's. Something that we might say is that a lot of the countries in sub-Saharan Africa, to us as visitors, in terms of the big picture, seem quite similar to each other. Right. And Ethiopia is just completely different from all of the other countries. Mm -hmm. And so the people are different in terms of their ethnicity. The language that they speak, Amharic, is different from the other languages like Swahili and the other languages around it. The food that they eat is completely different. Um, they have a different history, both in terms of ancient history and modern history. They were a very early adopter of Christianity in the 4th century and of Islam in the 7th century. And then even in more modern times, they were the only African country, I believe, that resisted a European colonizer, which in their case was Italy, but they defeated Italy in, in some kind of battle. And Italy had a, a sort of... They, they were able to colonize part of the country, but never really completely fully. And so that also makes Ethiopia unique country in Africa for that reason too. Yeah, and that uh, colonization or attempted colonization of Italy, that happened much later than the colonizing of other parts of Africa too. That was during Mussolini's time, so we're talking about the 1930s. Um, and it is considered to be the only country in Africa that was never successfully colonized. So I guess it depends on what you want to interpret as successful colonization, because Mussolini certainly intended to colonize it, and uh, he did have some influence there, but ultimately it remains an independent country. Yeah, and there's an interesting little story that... It's just interesting for us, I guess, is that when we first uh, lived in Rome and were tour guides in Rome, there was an obelisk in Rome which came from Ethiopia. And there are a lot of obelisks in Rome, 13, I believe, that come from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And there was just this one from Ethiopia. And when we first arrived, we didn't really understand it because we weren't really aware of this history. And then after we left Rome, it ended up getting, uh, the obelisk was given back to Ethiopia. They demanded it back and Italy decided to give it back. And it had been taken during this Mussolini era that you're talking about. And then when we went to Ethiopia, we saw it, the exact same <laughs> obelisk that we used to see in Rome, right at the Circus Maximus. It was in a very mm -hmm. prominent location in Rome. And then mm -hmm. all these years later, we saw the exact same obelisk uh, back in Aksum in Ethiopia, where it belonged or where it originally came from. Yes, along with many other obelisks, because there are actually quite a few there in Aksum. And it was actually in Rome, 
happened in Italy as part of this colonial history that we first really became aware of Ethiopia because we went to an Ethiopian restaurant. Yes, that's true, which is funny because in general, Italy is not a place that has a lot of ethnic cuisines. I mean, the Italians generally just like to eat Italian food, right? They like to eat pizza and pasta and not too much else. Um, but so you don't find, you know, a lot of Thai restaurants and Vietnamese restaurants. I guess that's changing a little bit now. But when we lived there, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't have many ethnic restaurants. But the one of the few exceptions was that you had a couple of Ethiopian restaurants because there was a sizable Ethiopian community. And again, that dates back to these these links that go back to Mussolini times. Right. So Ethiopian food, what's that all about? It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it is unique. It's not like any other food that I've ever tasted from anywhere else in the world. The base of the of any dish is always a special type of bread, which is called injera, and it's a fermented bread. It, it doesn't really even look like bread. It looks more like a pancake or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a spongy bread. Mm-hmm. And so that is used basically as the plate, and then all of these little dishes, little stews and sauces and vegetables and things, they are placed on top of the piece of injera. And then you eat with your hands, so there's no cutlery, there's no knife or fork or anything. Uh, and you take another piece of injera and tear off some of that, and you use that to scoop up the, the stews and the sauces that are on your plate of injera. And then at the end, when you get to the bottom and you've finished all of the food on top of the injera, then you have this bottom piece that has soaked up all of the juices from all of these stews, and that's the best part. For sure, for sure. And when we were living in Geneva, there were also Ethiopian restaurants there as well. And so we had an idea of what Ethiopian food was. And then that was, you know, one of the highlights for us was to go actually to the country and find that the, the food we had been eating was authentic and that this was really what everybody ate in Ethiopia. And we loved it. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely loved it. It seems like not all the tourists did, though. I remember one time in particular, we were just sitting at a restaurant eating our injera and our stews, and some other tourists walked by, and they said something like, how's the injera? And we said, it's great. And they said, no, it's not. Like, they, they couldn't believe that we were really enjoying it. And when they asked, how's the injera, they were being sarcastic. Um, but we told them, no, we really love this food. We eat this food, you know, in Geneva where we live. And we were really looking forward to, to tasting the real thing while we were here. So for us, the food was a big part of it. For sure. Um, and so, as we said earlier, we traveled around the country a bit. One of the first places we went to and one of the highlights of Ethiopia is a place called Lalibela. Mm -hmm. And this is where there are all these rock-cut churches. And so it's a very uh, special place for Ethiopians within their, within their uh, beliefs. And it's also a, an amazing place to go because you have all these churches that are just carved into rocks. And so that was a special place. Yeah, it's hard to describe, really. Um, if you say rock-cut church or rock-hewn churches, I don't know if that really gets it across in words because, yeah, you have just, you know, this huge uh, landscape of rock and then the church has actually been carved out of it like like you would carve a sculpture you know you'd have a great big gigantic piece of rock and then you would chisel away at the rock until you created a shape of of a human body or whatever it was 
but they did that, but on a much, much bigger scale, where it's this whole church where, you know, a hundred people can fit inside it. Yeah, and one of them in particular was carved essentially into the ground. You know, the rock was was the ground, mm -hmm. and they just dug and dug and dug, and then carved this church out of the inside of, of this hole that they dug. Uh, so it was super impressive and really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the other highlights for me, I mean, there are, there are all these other historical highlights, which were great. Aksum that we mentioned, um, which is part of an ancient kingdom of, of Ethiopia. Uh, Gondor, which has these castles. Um, but one of the other places I really liked was an area called Tigray, and it's a whole region. And we did some community tourism there. And so we spent, I think, three days and two nights um, with local guides walking through mm -hmm. this whole region, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was. So we did a, a trek or a long hike, a multi-day hike, and uh, yeah, they were local guides who were who were walking with us, and they would stop and talk to the local villagers that we would pass by. You know, they would be working in their fields, uh, or we'd stop and have a, a drink with them of the local like homebrew, this local beer that they would brew themselves. Which Just was... before you continue, yeah, what did you think of that beer? <laughs> oh, not so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't like any kind of beer, so I'm probably not, not the right person to ask. But yeah, that was not one of my favorite things that I tasted in Ethiopia, that's for sure. Um, but no, it was great because the community benefits from the visits. And so all of the villages that we went through, they're all, you know, they all get a little bit every time there's some tourists who, who do one of these treks. And so it was really great to see that the, the organizers give back to the communities. And, you know, that's an example of where, you know, tourism can be a really positive thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was done very well and in a very sustainable way that benefited everyone. All right, well, we could talk about Ethiopia for a long time, but yeah. we're out of time, so we'll have to leave it there. But it's definitely a, a great country to visit. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Thank you.